We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host. Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Today we are brought to you by Shady Rays. They have world-class sunglasses that are just as good as any expensive pair you can find. Shady Rays also has the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacement. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they will send you a new pair, no questions asked. Get a pair for yourself by going to ShadyRays.com and use promo code BRONX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Scott, this is the episode where we talk about how Vlad Jr. pumped the Yankees, but that's just going to hide the fact that the Yankees offense is just putrid. Well, it's the same situation as we talked about last uh, last uh, last episode. You still have a traveling circus of guys at the bottom of the lineup that isn't really helping matters. And yeah, Vlad Guerrero clearly loves beating the New York Yankees. Another one of these guys that are like, I'll never ever in a million years play for the Yankees, but I love beating them. I love playing against them. I love doing you know all of the uh, the bad guy things. You make it make it an evil uh, an evil opponent. I'm good with that. But the guy is very good. Very good. Yeah, you mentioned like the the bottom of the lineup traveling circus of nobodies. Yeah, that's true. But like Aaron Judge had a terrible home stay, and Glaber Torres has been ice cold. So it's like even the guys at the top of the order haven't haven't been producing. The Vlad Junior stuff. Yeah. So I was going back into some of the comments on him. So obviously, was it last winter or or this past winter? He talked about how he, he would never play for the Yankees. He loves beating Yankees fans and the Yankees and asked if he would ever play for them. He said, no, not even dead. And then he doubled down on that, saying it's a personal thing. It goes back with my family. That's my decision, and I will never change that. What do we think he's talking about there? Because it's pretty well known at this point. We talked about it in the Cashman episode, the Cashman history stuff. 
Vlad Sr. had a contract mm -hmm. to go ready to go with the Yankees. And then that fell through because George went over Cashman's head to sign um, Sheffield. Do you think Vlad had some ill will because of how that went down? Do you think that could be what he's talking about? Or is it something completely different? Well, if it's if it is that and, and it's because <laughs> Vlad Guerrero wanted to play for the Yankees and then it didn't work. Steinbrenner put the put the kibosh on it. Then then, yeah, he might be talking shit the entire time about the New York Yankees and, and what what should have been and how. You know his bat could have done more things, and they had a they had a deal, and he wanted to play in New York, and then it didn't happen. So I don't know; it's complete speculation. The other side of the coin is if you're looking at like a you know how Griffey hated the the Yankees, there was there were family issues. Now Ken Griffey played for the Yankees, and there were a lot more uh, things that were that were deeper than just baseball uh, that that went into his hatred. <clears throat> so who knows? I mean, there there could be a million things why, but it does make sense if they were very close to to signing him and and had something going. And then it didn't happen. Maybe Guerrero's talking shit all the way through the family. And that's that's what he grew up in. That's the only thing I could think of because there was never anything in Vlad's playing days where there was like, you know, he didn't get hit a lot by the Yankees or anything like that. They, they, nothing stuck out, uh, stood out in my mind as to why Vlad Jr. would hate the Yankees so much. Other than the fact that he's been a Blue Jay and, they, they're, you know, division rival and all that stuff. And, yeah, he chirps a lot. Like, he chirps a hell of a lot. Him and Manoa, just the two of them just constantly trying to – to get the Yankees riled up and get Yankees fans like riled up. It's kind of like also a little pathetic by them. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you're, yeah, you're good. You guys are good, but you haven't been better than the Yankees in the past four years when you guys have been there. And like, they're not the number one rivalry for us. Like you're number five, number number four, maybe number right? four or five. Who who's ahead of them besides the Astros? And are you considering the the Red Sox ahead of them still? I'm not. The the Tampa. I, no, I mean obviously the Red Sox. The Red Sox are not. I a call them a top three. I think they're a top three. The they're absolutely a top three rival with Tampa and and Toronto. I'm sorry, with Tampa and Houston. I would I. I would I would rank them uh, still Red Sox ahead of the Blue Jays as far as like in my mind who I think is a bigger rival and I want to beat more. It's number one Astros. We talked about this by a long shot. Number two maybe Tampa. Number three Red Sox. Number four. I don't think about the Blue Jays. I don't think about that. Yeah, I, I don't think about the except when they're playing. I don't think about other. the Red Sox anymore. To be on, to be very honest, as far as you know, them being competition, I still do. Maybe, the Blue Jays, maybe that's my the Blue own Jays problem. have a very very good young nucleus, and and they're and, and I they, know they're better than the they Red talk. Sox. They talk so yeah, I I do think they about them, and I do want to beat them. I absolutely want to beat them. Whenever I see another now team going up and individual players, you know, act in a certain way, getting swag, just because. Uh, they're coming up against the Yankees, and and they're they're getting up a little different for that, and and they have a good team. Yeah, add that into the, the AL East rivalry. They bother me. They do. They bother me. And I like him. He's a as far as a player, like he he I have respect for him because he's a very good player. So this is this is definitely building some hatred for me. Uh, yeah, he's he's shushing the Yankees fans as he's rounding third base after he hit a crushing home run off of Clark Schmidt today. I mean, yeah, he's antagonistic, uh -huh. and that's why. I mean, that those are the players. Those are the players that you start really hating. The ones that that talk shit, For but sure. then back it up. And um, he, the, he also said his comments about how the Yankees were the easiest to play, even though they went 
under the Blue Jays had a losing record against the Yankees last year. And then Manoa, like we touched on the Manoa Cole stuff, but Manoa calling Garrett Cole the biggest cheater in baseball history. It's like, okay, calm down, dude. <laughs> I mean, these guys are definitely going for a little bit of a WWE uh, exchange. That's what I think they're doing. That's exactly Manoa. Exactly. I could see doing that. Vlad Guerrero, you know, I mean, and Manoa pitched well too, but Vlad Guerrero is, is, is lined up lined up for it and and he's got even Bichette like we had the other brother maybe there's some animosity there I don't know they they, they could build anything up to to make it a thing and then use it and talk about it and, and fuel themselves you know whether it's fabricated or not it kind of doesn't matter so in that situation today where Schmidt is facing uh Vlad with uh runner on first base the Schmidt had been. This was the best Schmidt had looked all season mm-hmm. so far. He, he cruised through the first five innings of the game. Um, so as far as that game is concerned, there's no reason to pull him in that scenario. Volpe made his first error of the season in a in a in a spot that seemingly seemed not that big of a deal. Then Glaber makes an amazing play on the on the Bichette ball up the middle. They get the force out, and you're like, okay, maybe there's going to be no no harm, no foul here. And Schmidt just leaves a spinning slider in the middle of the plate, and Vlad pounds it into the left field seats. And sweeper, po- no, yeah, yeah, just a, a right. shitty sweeper. Um, <laughs> you've heard of city sweepers. This is, this a, is shitty a shitty sweeper. sweeper. So yeah, it was a shitty sweeper. He threw it a lot today. So, so then then they're down and they're down three nothing. Varsho hits the home run uh, right after that, and he gets pulled from the game. And then here comes King in, and you know I'm watching the game with my dad today. My dad, my my parents were in town. And so I'm watching the game with my dad, and we're both there like it's, oh, now you're going to King down 3 nothing, And King didn't look great today. He gave up a run. But I don't think Clark Schmidt has earned the right to this point in the season to let him face Vlad in that situation in a nothing-nothing game, even though there's only a runner on first base when you've got King ready to go. What was his pitch count at that, at that moment? Because – I don't care. His ERA was. I'm asking what his pitch count was because it it was the third time through the the order, and when you get to that point, like yeah, you you should be thinking about. I don't. No matter how the game has gone, you're you're coming now to the meat of the order, the most impactful player in that lineup with Vlad Guerrero, and you're you're you know you're flirting with the end of the Clark Schmidt outing at that point. So I I do I, I if you're not. If you're possibly pulling him, um, I would absolutely bring a specialty guy in to face Guerrero. I, I would have done that because, you know, look, ERA eight in the past, like, yes, those all are, are considerations. But I, I have a guy now that that was, you know, outstanding through through five innings into the sixth inning. Like, yes, there aren't signs that, that we're, we're looking for and we're seeing for him that he's going to give up a big home run. But at that point, you know, he's not going to get past that inning. You're not going to bring him out for the seventh. Pitch count was probably – I know he was uh, around 40-50 with four innings and five innings, so he w- he had a pretty decent pitch count. But that third time around in the lineup, that's what I'd be looking at and, and trying to get this guy in a high note. So it's a tough second guess. Yeah, Schmidt was only at like 70 pitches. He finished with 76 pitches in that situation. So to your point, you know, it might be a difficult second guess. But as we were listening to the post-game press conference and just – for our thousands and thousands of YouTube viewers, you might have noticed like, hey, something change. maybe looks different a little bit. Scott's changed locations. Andrew's wearing something different. What's going on now? 
they maybe sound a little bit more tired than they did yesterday. It is now 8.30 in the morning, Monday. Oh, I'm way less tired. At, way less tired right now. <laughs> started at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday with, with some technical difficulties. Yeah, Almost 800 episodes in, still not immune to technical No, internet, internet gives no Fs when it wants to go out. One one time, one day we should just do a uh, a podcast reminiscing about all of our many technical difficulties and the amount of times that I was wanting to quit this show because of technical difficulties. <laughs> I forget all of them. They're out of my mind. I'm like, <laughs> I remember one specifically where I was, I was doing the audio editing for it. And that must've been uh, bad times. I had, to, <clears throat> I had to get to work in the morning and we had like started at like six 30 in the morning and it was just a complete cluster. Uh, it, we maybe recorded 20 minutes of content and we were recording for like an hour and a half and I had to somehow piece together an hour and a half episode or an hour episode. It was just a nightmare. Anyway, neither here nor there. You just mentioned something, Scott, before we started recording that um, was beneficial to listen to Boone's press conference after the Sunday yeah. game talking about the key situation we were just discussing with Vlad coming to the plate in a, in a nothing, nothing game against Clark Schmidt, who has been awful to this point in the season. Yes. He was awesome on Sunday, his best start of his career, I think career high in strikeouts. And he really did look good in the first, you know, five innings. He was, he was locating his, his sinker. He really did look good, but Boone's comments alluding to, you know, reading between the lines, he should have gone to King a batter or two earlier than he actually did. Yeah, the question was just phrased to him. I, I don't remember who. I don't know if it was Meredith or who actually asked the question, but it was um, it was positioned basically like, oh, third time through the lineup, Vlad Guerrero in that spot, uh, you know, and, and you could tell that Boone knew that he should have taken him out at that point, but also at the same point, he wanted to give him the opportunity to get through that inning is, is what he said. So I see both sides. I do. I, I understand like you have a young guy that needs some momentum. That's really cruising. And like, if you get through that, then, you know, it's a really high, but isn't that really momentum. Isn't no, I, five, I'd say the momentum is already there. If that's what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. You had five dominant <clears throat> yeah. innings, career high strikeouts. Like the momentum was already built. And Volpe makes the error. And Volpe took ownership of that error after the game. I actually loved this quote. I saw this. He, he was asked good if the, fielders took, get if bad the hops. ball took a yeah. bad hop. He said, I don't think good fielders get bad hops, which is – that's an A fucking plus someone, answer. Someone fed that Volpe. kid that line a long time ago. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Even if he didn't write it, that they, he said it. So I, actually, I, I actually watched that again to, to go back and hear the exact thing that he said because I didn't pick it up the first time clearly. Yeah, the kid, that's a good answer. Kid, good answer, kid. He's got the Yankee answers, man. <laughs> so he he um you know that that error obviously plays a huge factor there. But I think Bichette's ball. I can't remember if we said this in the first ten minutes of recording yesterday. I think Bichette gets on regardless. So I think I think Vlad, no matter what, is coming up with a runner on first base in that situation. To that point. You're letting him face Vlad for the third time is too dangerous to how bad Clark Schmidt has been all season. And you already had established momentum there. He's already proven that he pitched a good game. You have King ready to go because apparently King is predetermined to pitch on Clark Schmidt days. That's a whole other potential issue. But you've got Michael King ready to go in the bullpen. That's the time to go to him. You do not let Vlad face Clark Schmidt there. 
and and crush a hanging spider. So it, it's, th- th- this is the type it, of stuff. It's, it's an easy call. It's this is the type call. of stuff that drives me a little nuts with Boone is because when you talk about philosophy and you look at the things that he's doing, the the other day, last week, when he was at Minnesota, when he um, when Holmes came in. Yep, to, home to face the top of the Minnesota In lineup. the eighth inning, uh, you're using him yep. as a fire extinguisher in the high leverage situation against high leverage guys at that point. There's nothing different about this, whether it's the sixth inning, the ninth inning, the, right. you know, as long as you're beyond a certain point, fourth inning understood, you're, you, you're, you're trying to get length from a guy, but this is not that situation. I think once you got into the fifth inning, anything goes as far as making changes, uh, you know, looking at the matchups, like all of that, all of that stuff's in play. You're looking to win the series at this point versus an AL East team. So yeah, that's that that's that is a second guess. And honestly, I'm not going to kill Boone a hundred times because I could tell that he that he understood it was a second guess as well. I mean, obviously, Monday morning quarterback here, uh, it didn't work. But at the same time, it was right in front of your face. And not to say that King would have worked. Who knows? Because he wasn't great either. He was so the nope. you know the that's that's kind of the uh, the other side of it. He he wasn't great. Who knows what what happens if if he's in the game? But yeah, you know. And here's the other beauty: listening to the post game. They call it a two-seamer. It's a two-seamer. Schmidt, Higgy, two-seamer. Fastball, two-seamer. So I'm done. I'm done with the new names. Fastball, <laughs> slider, curveball. That's what we're going with. Four-seam, two-seam. That's what we're going with. Because they're all just magic names for a two-seam fastball. Sinker, the cutter is a little different. So what did uh, what did he throw Vlad there? Uh, that one, I think, was a, a sweeper that didn't sweep. Okay, so if it's a bad pitch, if the pitch leaves the ballpark, it could be a sweeper or a Sambino yeah, or a, basically, or or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So you're right. I mean, Boone probably understands where he went wrong in the situation. What do you think of the fact that King seems to be lining up for Clark Schmidt days? It's like, are they doing this to ramp him back from the injury? Because uh, Kay was talking about this on the broadcast too. It's like. You get him for multiple innings, which is obviously valuable, but then you lose him for multiple games, which is potentially detrimental. Um, but this seems to be how they're going to operate him. And I wonder if this is because of the injury. Uh, I don't know how you can correlate it directly to the injury. I mean, you're still getting more, you're still getting the, you know, the, the energy that's happening on a particular day, but you're getting a rest day in between, but you're throwing more on the other day. So I don't, you know, I think it depends on the body and the person on how that, that load can affect you physically. Um, but this is not something I that hasn't been done potentially before. Pitching. We've seen this. We've seen, we've seen no, Chad Green do the, the two inning thing. They tried to get Loisega into that two inning thing for a bit and then it didn't work. So I think when they can find it and it works, cause it did work at one point with Michael King, then, then you roll with it. But, um, that's how he was being used at the beginning of last yeah. year, but he was so good. They had to use him as more of a short inning yeah. guy. And who knows, maybe that led to an injury, like changing routine. I'm not blaming that, but it, it could have been a factor. I'm more saying that why is he only going to be pitching on, on Clark Schmidt days? And if, again, if you're going to use him, use him when the score is nothing, nothing, not when the score is three, nothing Toronto. Yeah. Because then you're kind of wasting Michael. No, I, I I agree with that. I don't want to. I don't want him to to stay in the game in the seventh inning. Uh, you know, for for uh, a three nothing game at that point, you're right. I want him to hold a lead or, or maintain a very close one nothing zero 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 game. Yeah. So I mean, again, like not to pile on too much on Boone, which is something I don't say often. Um, 
I think that he, you could tell in his face that, and, and just the way that he was talking that uh, he would have done that different if, if he had the opportunity, even, even if, Logan, even if we, not knowing the result, he would have done it different. I think. What is this Boone audio asking? This is, this is the Boone audio of him answering the question on why he didn't go to King. Okay. Yeah. Play it. I already know you had King up there for, uh, in the six, was there not enough time to get him ready for a Guerrero or is that just, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I kind of wanted to give him one more hitter there. Um, but Springer and Bichette's at bats kind of unfolded really quick. Um, so, you know, I was kind of going to have him up there for, for, for Vladdy potentially, but (laughs) you know, after we made the great play, a couple, we contact to start out the he inning. I just up. wanted to uh, let him, you know, have a hit, have a hitter there, and, and obviously it costs us. Oh, oh he's yeah, squirming. It's so bad. See, you can tell. I can I can hear yeah. him squirming. It was so very clear. It was so very clear, and <laughs> that's why I'm not going to pile on him because he knows it. So <laughs> it's we're good. We're we're good here. That that that's that's Are called we? yeah yeah you know, because our manager our manager just potentially blew the the key spot yeah, yeah no and, but uh, look again give me some accountability let me know you know it I can tell he knows it <laughs> so I'm good man you're getting you're getting it's a soft. long it's a long damn season yeah. if he said no that was the right move and stuck to his guns then I'd be killing him right now but he knows it that that is true would double down on yeah. that like yeah oh, for sure in the past he would have gaslit us and then come up with 14 reasons that are all bullshit why that was the right call to leave schmidt in there against vlad for the third i time. really like i really like schmidt's cutter against vlad yeah time specifically <laughs> yeah. Nobody's really yeah. play. his cutter his cutter specifically against overweight right-handed hitters is really really good this time of year when the humidity is that is another 47 and 50 that is another point here is when you look at the how right-handed dominant the toronto blue jays lineup is and when he's throwing that two-seamer or sinker whatever you want to call it that's cutting into the right-handed batter he's got when that thing's going right he's a lot more effective and and higgy was talking about that this is what i've been preaching for so long with clark schmidt i want him to throw the fastball more i want him to throw that fastball more because if he's throwing that fastball more in that two-seamer like it was last night, yesterday, it was good. And he can work way more off of that. Um, and, it, and it looks the same coming out of his hand. I think at that point, you're, you're, the, the cutter will, will work better. Um, and you're showing a little he bit. He threw some nasty front door two-seamers to left-handed hitters, too. The Greg Maddox yeah. pitch. And that's a great he, pitch he if you have it. He threw a few of those. Yeah, that's, a tough, that's a really and, tough pitch if you have it. Yeah. And it's a dangerous pitch because you leak it too much. A lot of it's times, a home run to the right side. It's, it's a Johnny Damon home run over the uh, over the pole. If if you leave it too much in the middle of the plate, it conveniently matches up with the barrel of a left-handed yeah. swing. But if you get it in, it's a nasty yeah. pitch that's really tough for left-handed hitters. To no, hundred percent. So I I expect next time out, even though I'm sure that it won't be as right-handed. Whoever he's facing next that two seamer will get more, more work and, and he'll be able to work off of it, but we'll see. Well, it's interesting. Eight strikeouts, that swings and misses, baby. That, that is not something he's had. Right. Yeah. The Blue Jays lineup is tough. We saw Garrett Cole who didn't give up any runs, but he had to grind through that Blue Jays lineup. Yeah. He'd been cruising through every single lineup he has faced this year. The Blue Jays are one of the best offenses in baseball and you saw what they were able to do to Cole. They had to, they made him work, and that's why he was only able to go five plus innings. So what Clark Schmidt did, like it was impressive through five innings. Should have should have just pulled him from there. We we can stop harping on that point. That I mean, overall, 
I think we touched on this, but we have some numbers here on the, the Yankees offensive struggles in the homestand. Judge was five for 34. Torres was five for 36. Uh, Cabrera was five for 32. And Trevino was three for 17. It's like all of those guys you, you need hitting, especially with, with the, the rest of the pieces out in the lineup. You can't have four of your key offensive pieces hovering around a 150 batting average on a long homestand. You're, 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 that's why they went five. They kind of they were lucky to go 500 on the homestand. <clears throat> You know, I saw a tweet from uh, River Avenue Blues guys, who I think is just Mike Exeter at this point. I'm not sure if, who's running that Twitter account. I think it's just him. But the uh, been a very a good point, and we kind of touched on this. But you know, in the past, we have we have guys coming back from injury, and you have some some uh, you know some some guys that are going to come back in, and um, you know, additions to the lineup. <clears throat> With Stanton now out for two months plus, you know, two months plus whatever that whatever that is. Plus, Bader's the only guy that's really coming back offensively. Yep, we're looking at what we have right now. Like this, this is this is it. This is this is what we got. And you're banking on Bader being playoff Bader. We're banking right? on like everyone being like, somebody that that yeah we we hope he is the guy that they all you know traded Jordan Montgomery for one year of control. They 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 we hope that he's that guy for sure. But but yeah, offensively, like the guys that are out there are the ones that that we're going to be rolling with for the majority of the season. Granted, there's something – anything can happen in the middle of the season, right, uh, for, for trade Bader, Bader helps, though. He because does, it, but that's it. it. That's it. Until Stanton comes back, and that's a huge if and when. Those guys that I mentioned, though, you, you're expecting to rebound. So you add Bader to that mix, and then you don't have Franchi Cordero in the lineup every day or Willie Calhoun in the lineup or or – you know, Peraza, I know he's called up. Like, so IKF playing center field. Like, all of these things are going to only happen maybe once or twice a week rather than all happening every single game. Stands out. Donaldson was, you know, nothing. Whatever. Even when he comes back. But that's back, a starting who, third what, baseman. What you that's my point. That's a starting third baseman. Like, when you look at the deficiencies that this team has minus those guys, it's actually pretty glaring. There is no third baseman on this team right now. There's not. I know DJ, we said, could slide over there, and that's – and that's certainly possible. DJ could play third base more full time if he wanted to, especially if you kept Peraza up. Like there's, you have more options at that point. But then you you still need a backup first baseman, which DJ is also that guy. And and you're looking at some 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 pretty big gaps, honestly. When when you're so, out. are you saying don't expect the offense to get any better? No, I'm saying that these guys have to be better. The the, the current guys that we're looking at, they they kind of have to figure it out and fill these holes. Yeah. But there's nothing significant that's coming back. Like, would you be surprised if Harrison Bader came back and put up Frenchie Cordero numbers? You know, for I mean, maybe maybe no, for the first said couple this... weeks that would be a good thing, but <clears throat> we don't know what to expect. I said this. I said this at the beginning uh, when we were talking in spring training. It's like. We all really want Harrison Bader to be good, and I think you even mentioned like he needs to be. Didn't we have a conversation, a segment about how Harrison Bader like needs to be good for this team? Uh, but he's a career. I think like I think I remember a ninety-eight OPS plus career hitter. He's he's a league average hitter in his career. So would I be surprised if he's league average offensively? No, because that's what he's been in his career. Yeah, and now that we we see what's going on on the base paths, like he needs to be a menace out there too. Which I and he's going to be amazing defensively. Mm -hmm. He's going to allow Judge to just play right field, yep. and he's going to allow just the rotation to be happening in left field. Which that's that's all positives to the lineup, and I think he'll be better than league average offensively. But I'm not expecting him to be amazing offensively. Do you think that when Bader comes back and he's 
mainstay in center field that we're going to see IKF a lot more at third base. Maybe. I think that's possible. I mean, I mean, we'll go third baseman. I, yeah, go glove third baseman, and your starting third baseman has had a setback and is old as dirt. I mean, Donaldson's gray hair isn't doing himself any favors, too, for just, like, everyone just constantly reminded, like, oh, yeah, this guy's old. He's old. He's 36 going on, 37 years old. It's like the faux hawk, the gray faux hawk is, is an interesting look, Donaldson. Yeah, for men's league softball. <laughs> um, and then you so have to go to work you, the next uh, day. You're like, God damn it. <clears throat> You uh you have your athletic greens on your way to dropping off camp at school today, I Scott? I did out the door. AG One is a daily supplement packed with seventy-five high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Benefits that we have noticed drinking it every day since the Yankees started their playoff run last year, which is when Athletic Greens first sent us our our shipment. Supports mental clarity and alertness. Promotes gut health with pre and probiotics. Uh, gives better sleep quality and recovery and boosts your energy. Every serving of AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial flavoring. It's less than $3 per serving as well, which is affordable. If you're someone that goes out to a coffee shop or gets an energy drink or any of that kind of stuff, you're going to be spending less than that for AG1 and you're getting so many good things into your body every single day. You don't have to think about it. What vitamins do I have to buy separately? No. Just a scoop of AG1. It's super easy. You scoop it in, you pour it, you, you shake it, and you drink it. It's delicious. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is trusted by athletes and health experts around the world for good reason. Go to athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash pinstripes. Check them out. Support us. Support AG1. Good stuff. Uh, let's go to the, the Saturday because that, that was a big win. Like they could have very easily been swept in this series. Offense was putrid again on, on Saturday. Manoa, who has been pretty bad all season, of course, was kind of toying with them. Did, did you see the, what was with him? Like slowly walking from like, he's such an a-hole Manoa. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's, that's the answer to whatever you're going to ask me right now is, is the guy is a, uh, yeah, he's an antagonist. You know, he's one of these guys that just tries to get under your skin and he does very obvious things to, to do that, which like to me on the other side, I'd be laughing at it a little bit because I know what he's doing and he's very obvious when he tries to do it. It's the guys. What did you hear Cole's comment? It's the guys that, that, that don't make it obvious that get under your skin are the ones that work. Like he's a little too, he, he tell, you know, he's too intentional. Too intentional. Yeah. He's, he's transparent. That's what I was like, I know, saying. I know you're I trying remember to fuck with what me, is- so you're not fucking with me. Exactly. So what I was saying in the first 10 minutes of our recording, which happened yesterday, could have been three years ago for for the listener. They just heard this. But for me, I'm now recalling what I said yesterday. Um, The reason why I don't care that much about what Vlad and Manoa are saying is because they're trying so hard to say it. I'm like, you care so much about this, Alec Manoa, that it's funny. Kind of like when what's his face uh, Naylor last year in the playoffs, like was so over the top. I was like, I've never seen someone do that before. Routing the bases, like tip of a cap for just going balls out, Josh Naylor. Okay, but um, I think Garrett Cole's quote when asked, like, "Oh, do you do you get extra motivation from what the Blue Jays are saying?" He's like, 
I I don't need any extra motivation than what's in our clubhouse or something like that. Which another good answer from Garrett Cole. Um, Scott, do you want to? You want to? That's the professional answer. That's how, what did he sound like though when he was saying? Like, did well, how did it how did it come out of Cole's like mouth? Like Kermit the Frog. And he said, the the. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to try. You don't want to give a shot at. It. You don't no, I, I can't do it. This he's. I I had it on. It's funny because I had I had uh, the press conferences on yesterday and I was listening to them on on pretty loud volume and my and Bevan heard Garrett Cole talking. I was like, who is that? Um, it just doesn't sound <laughs> like a pro a, athlete. But uh, it's the Yankees' best. Pitcher. Yeah, no, it's a good answer. That's the right answer. That's exactly it. You know, the motivation needs to come from in the clubhouse, not the other side. And you know what? Guess what? That when they're talking, they talk about it on the clubhouse. I'm sure. So it's being taken care of at that point. You can't acknowledge that that that, that you you're noticing it though. You got to move forward. Well, uh, Boone went to Holmes in the in the seventh inning, um, to, in this game. So you're talking about that fire extinguisher rule with the with the big right handed hitters coming up for Toronto. He went to Holmes in that in that spot, which left Wandy there to close the game, which obviously didn't work yeah. out. But the Yankees won anyway. Um, I, I mean, it was still fun to see Volpe get that home run, huge home run, biggest hit so far of the season for him, and just Peraza you know, ahead of him too. The yeah, the joy on his face as he was rounding the bases and everything was, was really fun to watch. And um, you know, it's great that DJ was able to walk it off because again, that game could have very they could have very easily been swept this weekend. Yeah, so couple things here. Volpe the just nails at that point. Like when I see a kid big moment um step up like that, that's that's huge. It's such a good sign. It's such a good sign. I mean, that's at home in a zero zero game against Toronto, like high tension. It's as high tension as you could possibly get at that point. And and he delivers. And Peraza the same thing, getting on base and then Volpe um, you know, putting them putting them ahead. That was a huge home run, I think, for for his confidence and for the guys around him. And Garrett Cole talking about Volpe is just like the kid's a stud. Like everything about him they love. And you can tell by the way he talks is that it was um you know, mentioning the intangibles, like winning guy, like so he he preps the right way, does the right things, and brings a lot to the clubhouse. So, um, I, I dude, I, I know the batting average doesn't look good, and the stat lines don't look great if you're if you're looking at some traditional lines. Um, but if you take the you know the last twenty days, two weeks or something, last fifteen games, ten for forty eight, two homers, nine walks, four RBIs. It's only a two hundred eight batting average, but it's a three thirty three on base, seven twenty nine OPS. It's he's playing it's not, damn good like, defense. Let's too. not let's not make that sound like he's all star level because it's not. But it's an improvement, and he has days like yesterday, Sunday, where he boots a ball on the field and he strikes out and he looks overmatched at the plate like that's gonna happen this kid was basically coming out of double a into the majors yeah. essentially and and you know even the boot like that's not a normal thing like that that is more of a rare occurrence he's he's been really good really good defensively. also he made he, some defensive metrics in here he's been um fourth among shortstop in outs above average yeah that's huge i mean him coming in and that was the big that was the big debate between the two guys offensively i you know we all knew volpe was the guy over peraza um, with the with the offensive upside, but the defense was Peraza. Peraza is the 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 known glove between the two of them. But damn it, Volpe is not um, making everybody turn heads on on the way he's playing defense. He's made some really really good plays. So um, I'm super happy with everything that that he's done. And yeah, for Lemayhu coming through and, and just putting putting the guys on their back and um, um, and getting through. I mean Rizzo as well. Rizzo has been the mainstay. Rizzo has been the, the consistent guy throughout this lineup, even with judge having, you know, a, a, not a, not a very good homestand. Rizzo has been the guy basically for the first part of the season here. That's been um, the, the core dependent bat at the top of that lineup. 
And he was stepping in because we we talked about Vlad, but we didn't talk about him getting plunked on right. Friday night. Step stepping in, be like, "Yo, go to first base." Yeah, dude. stop talking to my guy. Stop talking to my guy. He wasn't even he wasn't even engaging, and he's just chirping. So I love that Rizzo's like the the older brother. He's the he's the vet on the team that is going to make sure things are are done the right way. So yeah, I'm glad he stepped in right there. That was the right thing to do. He defended his teammate. Yeah. Um, to quickly some more Volpe defensive metrics. He's uh, plus four DRS, which is tied second among shortstop. And he's already um, um, amassed half of a defensive war, which is tied for fifth in baseball. So he's he's been a plus defender. And, um, you know, taking errors out of that, he, he's been a plus defender. So he's first error. But anyway. Um Anything else from the from the Saturday game that we should touch on? Um, trying to trying to remember. I mean, uh, did you see? This is one thing I wanted to touch on the the celebration. So DJ obviously he doesn't want to be doused in in the Gatorade bath. Blah blah blah. Did you notice his batting gloves were completely shredded? The palms they were like they, it was the fingers were intact, but the palms were just his skin. Did you notice? No, this? I didn't. Did it, was it intentional or was it? Did it look like it was ripped? I think it must be intentional. He must like the feeling of the bat on his palm, but not. But wants the grip of on his. Doesn't fingers. he normally go no, thing I could no think of. batting gloves? Hasn't he's been a no? No, batting he glove wears bat. He always no, no. He always wore batting gloves. But I had never seen the palms of his batting gloves before, unless they somehow were both ripped. It, he he might I, have batting gloves that he likes that just got worn out that that he's just sticking with. I don't know. I mean, I that. The palm definitely goes. Usually the fingers go first. Just because the palms yeah, are, are just, reinforced, but Logan just put a picture in the chat if you want to check it out. But it's just like it looks like a like someone. So it's like you, you Yeah, that is where they go. The those course. are old gloves, dude. Those are those are some old yeah. ass gloves that uh you know what that you looks can see like the the the, the the pointer finger as well. Like yeah, he's just had gloves since college and just doesn't change them. <laughs> it's like you Take your clubs out for the first yeah, time. The dry season, rot. And then you pull your you you pull your golf glove out. You're like, all right. I needed a new one two years ago and I still haven't got one. Now I gotta do this for the third time. That's like when I pulled my glove out for softball this year. I hadn't played in like two years and there's mold on it. So I just you gotta like, you know, get the get the leather back in shape. But no, that's that's yeah. that's definitely some uh some some dry rot on those gloves. He so needs to, the, I mean, he's, he's got an, you know, he worked, he plays for the Yankees. She gets new gloves. He's superstitious. Clear, clearly. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> That's some rough <laughs> shit. <laughs> he's got to, he's got to pull a Posada and pee on his hands so he can build up some That's calluses. That's fine. He probably has calluses in those one spots on his, uh, on his palms. Do you like that Boone has been doing this bullpen by not i'm not calling it a by committee because it's really only holmes who seems to be the guy who sometimes he'll go earlier in the game if it's a key spot in the lineup do you like this is it working because i don't think it's working so far i mean in theory it should work but like it didn't work on saturday they uh well no but wandy's been so good you know he's had such so so few spots where he hasn't where he's let up runs and, and he hasn't, you know, done the job. Um, shit. It wouldn't surprise if Holmes kept struggling, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Wandy in the closer spot at some point because, uh, because he's just so dependable. Yeah. I think it works, especially for early in the season. It's like you let guys settle in, you get, they, they, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to win games in any way that you can. The, the bullpen does have, uh, you know, a bunch of injuries 
Um, that is one area that we're going to get more guys back with Eliziga, Trevino, Trevino. Um, there, there are possibly Canely, who knows, but there, there are, there are opportunities there for, for more solidification, I'd say of that, of that bullpen. But right now, um, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I think it's definitely an early uh, beginning of the season thing that he's doing though. Um, do you think that has to do with the fact that you've got, they've got so many injuries in the bullpen? Yes. And that when Trevino and Canely and more bodies are back, someone, if it's Holmes or whoever it is, will just be the, the ninth inning guy. And I think things will figure itself out once the there's, other. once there's more options and the guys that he's expecting are back there are back there, then things will, will just kind of level out and, uh, and fall in place as they should. So that's it. I think that, that right now it's just kind of tinkering around, but when you have, you know, some key opportunity. I, I do think that he'll go, even if, if, even if Holmes is the quote closer, like he's been, Boone has used him in multiple spots in the past. So I would not surprise me if that just stayed the, the way it is for the ninth, eighth, eighth, ninth inning guy. Yeah. Well, I told you guys about shady rays at the top of the episode and uh, I'm here to show off my awesome pair of shady rays on. You got yours on you, Scott? Are they in, in the not car? Not on me. Yeah. I don't have them on me right now. Yeah. Mine are on screen right now. I won't put them on because I'm not wearing my contacts and then I won't be able to read the copy here. But Shady Rays is an amazing sunglasses company. They're world-class, just as good as any expensive pair you can buy. I already told you that amazing lost in and broken policy where if even on day one, they're just going to ship you a new pair. Also, if you get your pair in the mail, you put them on, you're like, yeah, you know what? This I'm not feeling this style. You can exchange them, no questions asked as well. That's huge uh, when you're buying something online. The frames are durable, which is important when you're doing outdoor activities. I've worn them to do yard work. Uh, I'm planning on wearing them this this summer on the golf course and at Yankee Stadium. And uh, if if you're like anybody, you probably have lost a pair of sunglasses in your in, in your life or you've broken them. And that's a terrible feeling because you spent a lot of money on them and then and then poof, they're gone. With Shady Rays, you can you don't have to worry about that. You can buy with confidence. Uh, Shady Rays is giving our listeners their best deal. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code BRONX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Check them out. We know you are going to love them. Thank you to Shady Rays uh, for sponsoring today's show. And um, for anyone out there who's looking for a new pair of sunglasses, Father's Day is coming up. Great. Get two pairs. One for you, one for dad. It's, it's beautiful. Father's Day is coming up, right? No, Mother's Day is first. When's Father's Day? Yeah, Mother's Day is first. It's in like two weeks. Father's Day is in June. Is it? I know Father's Day is in June. Mother's Day is in May. Okay, you should, it's in two weeks. You shouldn't even know when Father's Day is, to be honest. You should know when Mother's Day is. Father's Day is uh, is uh, my birthday. I was born on Father's Day. And I might have my second kid on, on Father's Day. On my birthday or on Father's Day. It's... Dude, the babies do that week. So you don't like Father's Day then, because you're going to lose any celebrations <clears throat> with all these birthdays. <clears throat> I don't get. You're just getting screwed. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. What else is? There? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do we have injury updates? So I saw this morning some injury news on Carlos Rodon. Right. It's uh. Yeah, everything's fine. Back. Everything's fine. Another, another when, test. Everything's back? fine. Cranky back. Just hoping it loosens itself out. Basically he slept wrong. You know, he needs a, he needs a memory foam mattress that, that will uh, align to his spine and stop 
stop uh, stop sleeping on springs. They're no good for you. That's the thing. It's like at, once you're his, like your back isn't going to feel a hundred percent ever. So, so was were they just being way overly cautious with this? No, I mean, none of us know what what he felt, but but yeah, if I mean, dude, I rake the, the yard sometimes. You pinch a nerve in your back, and it feels like your back is is broken in half. I know. So there's a I million am. things that could happen that that take it, they do take a little while to to figure themselves out, especially if there's a nerve involved. Uh, or any kind of inflammation that will then pinch a nerve. So, no, I, I'm I'm happy that they've gotten multiple tests and nothing nothing is is wrong at all with the back. So now they're just essentially um, letting it letting it uh, decompress, do whatever it needs to do, and then and get back into your throwing. But the elbow is intact, that the arm's intact, everything's good. So it shouldn't be that much longer for him. It really shouldn't. They're saying June. They're saying a June. Return. Oh, now we're so now we're a month away. God damn it. Um, that's halfway through the season. It's crazy. Yeah, but nothing. May's not re- we're next week is May. Yeah, I know. Okay. I want to see a I want to see a May. He didn't have a he didn't have a spring training. Yeah. He threw one inning. I in remember he training. threw too hard. He over overexerted on that. It's probably Severino. I mean, I think they're probably eyeing Severino back in the next four weeks and then Radon back two to four weeks after that. Yeah, right? yeah so by the all star like, break. We'll have a rotation unless they get injured again. Yep. Well, that's good. So, you know, I, I look, I'm just happy that his back is fine and that's not an issue. That moving forward, that's a big deal. God damn, we need him. Yeah, because I mean the, the way the standings are, the Yankees are are in fourth place. I mean, are we are what at what point are we gonna start eyeing the standings and eyeing Tampa who's Tampa, dude. I'm I'm I, I the Orioles. This is the what I was telling you I was warning about Orioles. The Orioles are trouble. They're trouble. And if they find it a little early like they're doing right now, find some momentum early like they're doing right now, they're trouble because they're very talented. If they get anything from these pitching arms, they're they're trouble. They're gonna be better than yeah. anybody expects and they're gonna be right there at the end. Is uh, Rushman's leading in in on base percentage, isn't he? I'm telling you, I think, I think they Hall of Famer. The kid's going to be a Hall of Famer. Well, but the Yankees are six games back of Tampa right now. They're tied with the Blue Jays. Baltimore is in second place. Uh, at what point do we start standings watch? Because not, not when now. a team gets off, I know not now, but when a team gets off to such a hot start as Tampa did, and the rest of the division just sort of clumped together. It just doesn't matter as much anymore. The the division lead at this point, with the amount of playoff spots that are there, that's what you're looking at. So it, it's got time to figure itself out. Um, yeah, there's still plenty of opportunities at the division, but again, not the worst thing in the world if you don't if you don't get it at this point because of the way that the playoff structure is. You have opportunities to get into the dance, and hmm. so it's fine. And it's April, and it's well, April. Yankees. Yankees opportunity start this week with uh, with Minnesota. You excited for tonight's game? Sonny Gray pitching against the Yankees for the second time since leaving. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. He's been good. I know he's, he's, he's been, been good. He's got the best ERA in the American League. I think he's been he's been good. You go to just put him in a small market. That's all he needs. Just needs a small market. Yeah, against Brito tonight, Cortez versus Joe Ryan, and then Herman versus Kenta Maeda. I would have loved to have. Can we get one more day? Like, give me Clark Schmidt against Sonny Gray. That would have been something. That would have been like that. That could have put us over the hump. That would have been. Uh, that would have been nice to see. But Brito, he's going to go toe to toe. 
I hope uh, – and, and you know what? Like, you know Sonny Gray, he's lucky that he's not pitching um, in a place that, that he would get yelled at quite often. So I think, uh, Ilya, you put this in, in chat, but um, Joey Gallo, you, do you know about Joey? Is, isn't Joey Gallo, like, wasn't he hitting like 290 or something? Is he back? He was he was not playing down in the last game. Down to 235. Yeah, it, it turned out <laughs> exactly okay. that. So. That's that two-seamer that comes back over the plate. Joey Gallo is just praying to God that happens every time. You know, what would happen with a Clark Schmidt versus Joey Gallo matchup? Because there's just so many different factors there. One guy can't hit. One guy can't pitch against lefties. It's just, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I take Schmidt all day long. The odds are in your favor. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, I'm curious as to what you guys think Peraza's role is moving forward because I'm a little confused on on him and 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 where where he's where he's going to go. He's been he's been good. He played third base for the first time. I wonder if they're trying to look to see what that looks like uh, and and almost like looking for opportunities to keep him up at this point because they're trying to keep some lightning in a bottle uh, with some young guys. They know what IKF is. They know. I feel like the Yankees don't want to put – so I asked that question earlier about Donaldson, if he's out in an extended period of time, if IKF is going to go over there. I don't think the Yankees want to do that. I think they like him in the utility role where he's going all over the place. I think they like him in that spot. But I do think that Peraza right now has an opportunity. If he could, if he plays third base and does it well and gets some things going on with the bat, if he's up here long enough to prove that, um, I wouldn't but, be surprised. So you're saying ex- keep him up? For what? Because when Donaldson's ready to come back, it's not Don- I don't think not Donaldson's gonna... the only roster move that that allows the Yankees to send him back down, though. Because then, because if Bader's up, in theory, IKF now could be more of a utility guy on the infield, right? So, so then Peraza. Are we expecting Bader to come back before Donaldson? At oh this yeah, point? definitely. One of them's okay. in rehab. So one of them's not. Oh, in rehab. <laughs> rehab assignments. <laughs> You don't say someone who's recovered <laughs> playing in the minors in rehab. Um, so when Bader comes back, who who's coming off the roster? Aaron Hicks. Well, who's actually coming off? The Aaron roster? Hicks. Has he played? When's he played last? Probably, probably played in a week. It's probably Willie. It's probably Willie Calhoun, right? Willie Calhoun. Legitimately, legitimately, Willie Calhoun or Aaron Hicks. I'll keep Willie Calhoun. So Franchi has an option. Calhoun does not. So, but I, I don't think. I think it's coming fast, more sooner than you think it is. I think it's coming sooner than you think it is. Some, sooner than I even thought it was going to come. There's, he's got no utility on this team right now. None. He's not even playing. In what the are outfield. we gonna? How are we gonna celebrate when Hicks gets DFA'd? We're gonna do. We should do a in memoriam Aaron Hicks emergency episode. No. We just we recap. We recap all. Of Why don't our we go play golf Aaron and Hicks podcast moments. from the golf course? No. Uh, our favorite Aaron Hicks moments. Quick. Scott, what's your favorite Aaron Hicks moment? Um, when we got him and the, and the hope was there for John Ryan Murphy, I was like, oh, man, this guy could be a toolsy guy. That was the biggest moment I had. And then I realized he wasn't. So my, so my hope for him was two, the biggest moment. There's two Aaron Hicks moments, like two legitimately cool Aaron Hicks yeah. moments. The diving catch in Minnesota. So you're not going to do it when he gets released? You're going to do it now? Well, I, then I realized that episode will be like six minutes long, and that's that's not really yeah. anything. So uh, the diving catch in Minnesota, right? That's got it. That's one of the cooler oh, moments. Oh yeah, yeah, the one that was a cool moment. 
Yeah. The 109 and mile an hour. The, the 109 mile an hour throw. <laughs> and then yeah, true. and then maybe maybe the Yeah, I think I, I think home... you should stop. I think Ilya's right. I think you're jinxing him not being released now. Because we're because we're yeah, you're doing it doing ahead of time. Yeah, now we're just screwed. Now now we're gonna get blamed for him staying on the team the entire year. What about that time he went on the IL? <laughs> yeah, that one time. That was cool. Other guys <laughs> got opportunities. Good. Yeah. Yeah. What about that time he complained about his playing time? That just happened. Um he hasn't played in a week, so he should be complaining about it now if if especially because the Yankees haven't scored more than three runs in uh, in since in ninety seven years. Do you think do you think he's already like putting his apartment on the market? <laughs> Do you think he owns an apartment? No. He signed a seven year contract, so he probably owns something in New York. I don't know. I don't think there's no, I think he's got some uh some some places in, in warmer weather. Because immediately he when he got with his arm rehab, right? He was sending videos from Arizona, wherever that was, of him throwing, even when he wasn't supposed to throw. He doesn't even listen to instructions. He's a he's a so, bad employee. When Bader comes back and you let say Willie Calhoun go, uh, you're saying keep Peraza on the roster and keep IKF. I mean, that's that's but no. My IKF. point is what you just said. Like Peraza would probably be the guy to go down to get more shortstop reps, and you keep another outfielder because then IKF can can really be more. When I don't know how often IKF can be playing out in the uh, in center field you could get judge in center field when Bader's not there I mean granted IKF's been good but oh I forgot to tell you this so I, I mentioned that my dad my parents were in town and um, my dad when IKF made a play in center field he's like IKF's been pretty good in center field he made those diving catches that, so I, that I told him about the catch probability his head exploded he was like what, what are you talking about <laughs> what is this what is this what is this sorcery stat? Catch probability you are telling me about. Shut. He basically told me. To yeah, shut I mean, I'm with him. I'm with him. It doesn't doesn't uh, take into factor all the things as it should. <laughs> and he made the right, goddamn catch. <laughs> they were good. That's basically what he, he said. Made the goddamn. Uh, that's gonna wrap it up for today's show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for suffering through what was probably an awkward transition from the first part to the second part. And we will talk to you later this week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 